Wir gehen jetzt in den Wassers los. It's Deinen Freundo, Seth, I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh, German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name. Actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What is up, Super Nintendos? Welcome to episode 657 of Nintendo Voice Chat. I'm Rebecca Valentine. I am subbing in for Seth Macy this week, and I am joined here in the San Francisco studio by one industry legend, Kat Bailey. I prefer Hero of Time, but thank you. Hero of Time, Kat Bailey. Um, and not in the studio with me, but still very close to us in our hearts, uh, we have Tom Marks. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Tom. That's all I got. Hi, Tom Marks. 
away over in the LA studio, I think, we have Jeffrey Vega. It's either the LA studio or a very fancy living room. It is the LA studio that I recreated in my living room. I see. (laughs) Well, we are here this week to talk about, obviously, the most interesting thing that has happened in like forever, which is the Tears of the Kingdom trailer. Um, And Jeffrey actually has been thinking a lot about this lately. um, And he wanted to start us off with some thoughts that he's been workshopping and, you know, sort of painstakingly going over and molding in his mind uh, for the last several days. Jeffrey, what do you have to say about about Tears of the Kingdom? Well, yes, I've been uh, I was writing this and I was going to talk about how Nintendo's secrecy around Tears of the Kingdom is really great, actually. I was going to say that it's cool that Nintendo isn't really showing anything because they don't need to because it's the sequel to one of the greatest video games of all time. I was going to say I could live out a fantasy similar to watching a movie without seeing a trailer, but I take it all back. That was one of the best trailers of all time. I'm so glad they showed all of this. I cannot believe this is a month away. I've watched it so many times in the last three hours. It's like 11 a.m. right now. The music is so good. Seeing new stuff on the Hyrule map. Ganondorf is back narrating. He was talking in the trailer. fighting, And you can fight us alongside the champions. I get to summon Daruk. Daruk's hug is now ready to roll. I should stop there. I'm too excited. We are not going to stop there, Jeffrey. We are going to talk about this. Uh, I have like a whole list of stuff. Uh, Jeffrey, that was beautiful. Thank you so much. Jeffrey, are you okay over there? Like, I see the tears twinkling in your eye. It was sort of my own tear of my kingdom, and I did just throw away a lot of... That's what the title meant all along. Those were Jeffrey's tears. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, Jeffrey, that was beautiful. Thank you so much. Yeah, uh, that was a pretty cool trailer. Uh, anybody, anybody disagree with that? Are we all pretty stoked? It was that? just okay. Cat. JK, really? it was awesome. Don't do this to me. You already faked <laughs> me out the other week. Don't do this to me. Well, I, I can deadpan anything. So. I know. Yeah. No, it was a great trailer. Um, it was very much beat for beat what Breath of the Wild did back in uh, 2017. And you very wisely pointed that out. So I'm sorry to steal no, your... that's okay your your idea but I'm glad to spread the good word did a great job of highlighting the story and the the world a lot of very hype segments uh the minecraft minecraft the minecart fight uh there were hints of large underground areas to explore almost like a dungeon that kind of thing yeah. uh a dungeon will there be dungeons dungeon? in this one i'm feeling <laughs> i'm feeling positively about big dungeons. heavy armor and it looks like breath of the wild but more and i mean i'm okay with that let's yeah. go Tom, you pretty happy with what you saw? Yeah, I mean, like, I don't think that this was a response, but it was hard not to feel like, like, I think, I think they had this plan is is not related, but it, it does sort of feel like they saw all the people being like, this looks like a DLC after the gameplay showcase. And we're like, all right, just rolled up their sleeves and were like, you want new stuff? Fine, we got new stuff. Here you go. Here is half second clips of everything in the game. And obviously not like everything. They're, they're holding a lot back still. But yeah, it, 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 I think, delivered what a lot of people thought was missing from the gameplay showcase and also makes the gameplay showcase make perfect sense in my mind in retrospect because that was their opportunity to dig a little deeper and now this is their opportunity to just tease tons of cool stuff that you're going to be able to see without going super deep on any one thing 
Um, yeah, so I, I think it did the exact job it needed to do, just like that trailer for Breath of the Wild. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think you make a really good point about, I, I was scrolling the subreddit this morning trying to see what people were taking away from this. And yeah, there there was, after the gameplay showcase, a large contingent of people. And I think we agreed on the podcast that week that this was definitely not a $70 DLC, but there were a lot of people who were kind of using that that specific sequence of words to describe what they saw, which I, I found quite surprising. And this seems to have just, you know, taken Can all I the naysayers to church. Can I do a call out real quick? Sure. Anybody who was saying this is just a DLC affirmatively after the gameplay showcase and is listening right now, please take a long, hard look in the mirror and think about that. Like, just like, <laughs> just think about yourself and like, Tom, reevaluate re <laughs> re <laughs> how you consume media. <laughs> I mean, no, I never thought I, that, that. That's too harsh. That's all too harsh, but yes. I never thought that, but when I was watching it, I was like, wow, this looks like just a super expanded toy box. And I've seen sure. DLCs where they go, okay, like, here are some new mechanics. We've repurposed the original world and we've grown, we've like bolted a new story on top of it and everything. But otherwise, this is like largely repurposed assets. And I'm not saying that. Tears of the Kingdom is that by any stretch of the imagination. I think the sky portion of the game itself is just going to be a real game changer. But I mean, that was the impression that it gave in some way where they were yeah. saying, here are a bunch of new mechanics. Have fun. Um, this trailer, I think, I mean, you had the the giant mechs. I'm watching it again. And I'm just like, wow, it looks really cool. You know, like it's clear that they took the breath of the wild concepts that were um, introduced and wildly expanded them in so many ways and went in so many different directions so of course this is a a true sequel but literally the first thing that popped into my head was like this remind this this gameplay presentation reminds me a little bit of a dlc so i'm sorry tom please no. forgive me forgive oh my god i mean i'm being intentionally confrontational i'm not i, I you know I'm, <laughs> I'm being over the top here i do i have a very big chip on my shoulder of like people of of watch people thinking they know what a game is just from watching a trailer right in in ter and obviously you can like evaluate how you feel about a thing or how a thing makes you feel and that's totally valid and fine but like it goes both ways like i i dislike people saying this game is going to be game of the year and pre-ordering from a trailer just as much as i <laughs> dislike people writing off a game from a trailer right like i i, I think that that's one of the big jobs of you know Maybe maybe this is just because it's one of the big jobs of reviews is to inform people before they everyone has a chance to play it right. But like it, yeah, I I had very I had confidence that they were holding stuff back, and I'm glad that we got to see, like I said, so many little things. We got to look at what looks like bosses. We got to look at story stuff. We got to look at new characters. We got to look at the underground area. We got to look like there was the rocket arm, right? Like there was just so many little things that we got just like glimpses of that says, hey, there's more to this than you thought from just that gameplay showcase where we were showing off a couple abilities. Yeah, I think very key to that, too. And this actually sort of segues nicely into the list of things from that trailer I wanted to bring up. Like it was opened by Eiji Aonuma saying that this was an unfamiliar Hyrule pretty explicitly. And I do think right. that gameplay showcase was very deliberately a maybe not one to one, but somewhat familiar looking section of Hyrule. Like we did go up on the Sky Islands, which we knew about already, but we were kind of in a, a grassy field. Uh, we saw enemies and things that looked fairly familiar. And then we got introduced to these new gameplay mechanics in a setting that was, you know, relatively comfortable 
comfortable for people who played Breath of the Wild. But then this gave us so many little snapshots, not just of new locations, but of old locations transformed. Like, what is it? Like, Hateno Village was in there, and it looks very different. Um, there's a bunch of other little things that, that are just very significantly transformed, the desert. Um, and so I think that helped sort of cement that it's not just Hyrule with a couple little changes here and there in some Sky Islands. It is. It has been transformed. It will be unfamiliar and new to people. But we will also be doing the, oh, yeah, that's that thing. Let's yeah. be real. Yeah. It's, it's, you can just put the Zelda music over any trailer and you're just going to get hype. I don't know that that's true. I, it's it's interesting because like I, it's weird thinking about it as the DLC because like no one I've, I saw some comments this morning on our Twitter that was like it looks the same as the first one. But no one ever says that about God of War sequels. No one says that about Horizon sequels like Jedi Fallen Order like that. They're all like I think it's just because it's a direct sequel, whereas like most other Zelda games are so different from each other that you kind of I see, like this yeah. looks more different. Yeah. Yeah, it just looks more different. And it's also funny, too, because, like, thinking about that gameplay trailer that we got, the 10-minute showcase, where it feels like everything, like what Tom was saying about how, like, all right, let's roll up our sleeves and let's show everything we got. Everything that they showed felt kind of like a an answer to things that some people complained about, mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, we don't like the weapon durability or lack of weapon durability. It's like, okay, great. Well, here, you can use anything in your inventory and make a new weapon. Are you happy? And then it's like, oh, it's hard to traverse around Hyrule. It's like, all right, cool. Make a giant mech now and and drive around hyrule like it's just it's just i don't know how they i don't know how people there's some people i mean they could be trolling sure whatever it's fine it's the internet uh, it's funny i guess but it's like this is <laughs> a full-blown game I, it's 70 dollars will definitely be i, I actually want to pay more so doug Jeffrey, bowser no, if you're stop, watching Jeffrey. <laughs> i pre-ordered the, the, the special the edition so i did pay more well. <laughs> yes, uh, same. Yeah, I also got special edition. I also got the pre-ordered the OLED Switch, like a total. Oh wow, they got gotcha. you. Well, dope I'm Switch. still playing. Nice. I'm still playing on my original launch Switch, oh, so yeah. makes sense. Yeah. yeah, but I still, but it's still hard for me because it's my launch Switch still works very well. So I was kind of like, I was, I was unsure. But after this trailer, I'm like, no, 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 I, I want it. <laughs> How many of those Nintendo Switch sales are from people triple dipping? on nintendo switches and evil geniuses i have to say yeah especially with the different models with the oled and then the the switch light uh, so that you can give one to your kids and stop having them steal it <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so let's break down the trailer a little bit since we're here uh the very first thing I noticed that I like pointed and yelled about was in that like opening scene where everything it was just sort of panning across these nice little nature things. We see one of the little Zonai guys fighting a, a Chew, I think uh, it was kind of small. It's hard to tell, but enemies fighting each other now. Yeah, interesting. Different different factions of enemies, right? Yeah, that's what a lot of people are speculating about. Is that like the the Zonai are less uh, like foes, like like they're not they're not Ganon enemies. They're not like evil or anywhere. They're just these constructs that are like protecting the Sky Islands. And so there's like a right. Chew up there. Well, that doesn't belong here. We got to get rid of it. You're up there. You don't belong here. They got to get rid of you. Um, but they're mm. they're kind of like neutral in that regard. Yeah, and not and not just protecting, right? Because we also saw one like that was a little lumberjack construct yeah chopping. a tree yeah that's it. i think that <laughs> opens up just on its own a whole bunch of possibilities for gameplay though which has me really excited like imagine you can drag an enemy that's giving you trouble in front of a zonai and have the zonai help you get rid of it and then have to deal with the zonai yeah well it, Ooh, it, that'd be it really opened, fun yeah and it opens up like you were saying i i think my mind goes to something like dishonored 
where it was so fun in, in uh, immersive sims like that to you have the rats and the guards and you have, you know, you can lure the rats to the guards or whatever in like mm-hmm. fun little ways like that. Or, or there's a bunch of games that sort of do things like that. Um, and it, it is, even though it might not seem like it on the surface, it is just another tool in the toolbox yep. of ways you can manipulate the world. And that's so cool. Oh, yeah. Or like the tree chopping, like, are they going to chop a tree down on your head? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I like it. It fits nicely into the the breath of the wild idea of everything having like like physics and interconnectivity and things having rules for how they interact. And within that rule set, they can just pretty much do whatever. I don't know. It's super exciting to me. Uh, what else? What what did you notice that really stuck out to you? Uh, Zelda going, uh, Link, will you find me? Help. And I'm like, <laughs> Link, well, but, she, but she also has a line where she's like, but there's something only I can do. Uh, oh yeah, yes maybe. zelda playable Aww. confirmed will zelda be able to do something for once oh nice arrows. i like the new look love the new hairstyle oh yeah it's cute very cool love the earrings um but as much as i love zelda's design and breath of the wild uh she's always been just off screen in yeah. so many ways and like of course she was an essential part of the plot in the original breath of the wild but yeah. i re- i really want zelda to be a lot more active and you know really claim that legend mantle yeah i think it's time zelda what's your legend i think you're right and it's sort of a shame <laughs> given that the whole like her story in breath of the wild like the story was very much about her it was very much about her sort of like reclaiming this agency over her her own life and like being being the person that she she actually is as opposed to the person that everyone around her thinks that she should be and so yeah i think it, i remember i remember when it was the e3 that it was shown uh people were posting pictures of like the lanyards and uh for the for like the badges and it was breath of the wild themed and everybody was looking at this image of link and it was it was the new link art and a lot of people were saying that doesn't look like link that looks like zelda maybe zelda's playable and it was oh, Link. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what people were were thinking that year, but there was a lot of Wait hype a minute, about Link that. Link can't have a ponytail. That has to be a girl. <laughs> well, 2017 was a weird year. It was a I'll weird just year. Say that much. I guess it was 2016. Whatever. 2016 was a very weird year. Yeah, it was. Um, but yeah, like I feel like she's had that. The, the, I feel like we've wanted that for her for a long time, but I'm I'm not convinced we're gonna get it. Who's the best Zelda? What do you mean? Well, who's the best Zelda? I mean, there's many Zeldas. Uh, uh, from Wind, Tetra, Waker, Wind Waker, when she, Tetra. yep, Tetra, Tetra. Mm-hmm. yeah. Are we, wow, yeah, we just I, all agreed on that? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's Ocarina of Time, Zelda. I mean, I'm mad that she, they, like, whitewashed her when she turns into Zelda. I think that that's really weird. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> it's a stupid Look, choice, honestly, look, 2003 awesome. was a weird year. 2003 no, was a very weird year. I don't year. think it's <laughs> what I've heard. No, I think Ocarina <laughs> of Time, Zelda, is probably the huh? my favorite, uh, just because, you know, like, she's taking control of her destiny she's chic uh she's secretly guiding uh link around um it led to some very weird discourse over the years about uh her gender when she's chic or whatever but um all all in all i i think that she's a very active part of that story i love tetra yeah of course she's cool um i like minna and twilight princess a lot more than i like zelda and twilight princess yeah i love them for the most part um I barely remember Zelda in Skyward Sword. Does she do some things? Maybe she does some things. I didn't things. play Skyward. No? Yeah. yeah. The Skyward Sword characters are, like, there's a lot of complaints to be leveled at Skyward Sword, but those the characters in that game are are fun. They're they're enjoyable and entertaining. And that Zelda is 
I think a, a fine Zelda, but not like a standout. One. A fine Zelda. A fine. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, no, Sheik is a good call, though. Sheik is also a good. Yeah. So my theory around that, though, is that so we see another thing that I love about this trailer is like Link in Breath of the Wild was very much alone. Um, he goes mm. he goes to these towns and he does meet people who help him occasionally. But he is he is on this journey very by himself. It's a very isolating feeling. Uh, it feels very Dark Souls, honestly, in that way, because it's just it's just so empty. But in this trailer, this dude's got friends who are fighting with him. Like we see him fighting with Sidon. We see him fighting with uh, uh, Riju. Uh, we see him fighting with a bunch of like random guys, like townspeople. I don't know what that was yeah. about. It seemed like kind of a cool encounter. And so my theory is that Zelda's not playable, but she does join you at some point to fight Light Arrows. Yeah, there were hints of... My brother watched this trailer and was like, are there going to be, like, RTS elements, like, brutal legend in Mm, this game? Yeah. Right? Which I think... I I don't think... I don't think I would go that far with (laughs) my speculation, but there definitely seems to be something with, like, letting you have a partner with you or at least sequences or segments where you'll be fighting with other people, which is super different. Yeah. Uh, And, and I don't think we know the full scope of yet. And I'm, I'm excited to find out what that is actually going to be. Cause like, exactly. Like you said, it's a very different feeling. It's a very different feeling world to see people rebuilding and working together rather than link being alone in an, like a post apocalypse is it's, it's going to be, I think a significant change in the tone, hopefully. Yeah, Rob, you. Yeah, and I feel like I always wanted that in Breath of the Wild because you talk to people and they're just like, so many like NPCs in Breath of the Wild are just like, I I know there's a shrine around here and I and I've done all the riddles and I can't quite crack it. Or even when the shrines do exist and they're like, yeah, everyone knows the shrine is over there and you just need this one thing or. I don't know how to enter. It's like you. I mean, obviously you need the Sheikah Slate to enter, and that's why Link does it. And blah blah blah. But like, it would. I feel like someone else in Hyrule has to have some sort of like. You know what? I am gonna try to get in there. I am gonna try to do these trials. And like, the fact that we may actually get to see that, I would just love to see just like a random Goron doing a shrine quest. <laughs> I'm sure you do well against the Sentinels. Oh um, no. I want to <laughs> say that it's a little bit of a pity that. So there was a multiplayer mod for Breath of the Wild yeah, recently. that was released pretty recently. And it looked really cool and it made me think, gosh, it would have been a lot of fun to be able to do just a co-op with a friend um, yeah. in this game, maybe taking on the role of Zelda. And I'm not going to call it a, a missed opportunity per se, but the Breath of the Wild world feels just so perfect yeah. for exploring with a friend and doing all kinds of interesting things. I'm sure it would have been really hard to program. I think I would want that as like a post-game DLC. I think I think mm. it inherently feels like an adventure I want to take myself because mm. I I know when I look out over the horizon, I see things and I know I, I pl- plan in my brain, all right, I want to do that and then I want to do that and then I get sidetracked in the way that I specifically get sidetracked. And I don't want to be like a little sidecar on someone else's motorcycle ride for that. But <laughs> after I've beaten it, I wouldn't mind revisiting it with a friend. I think that would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think kind of to the the point about like, uh, the world having time to rebuild, Tom. Uh, I noticed that like Riju and some of the other characters who were younger uh, seem to have aged up in this trailer. So it seems like right. it takes place a, like at least a couple of years after Breath of the Wild. So there's been I, I assume that's going to be part of like the the high rule being unfamiliar because it, it's changed. Like people have rebuilt, new towns have come up. Uh, you know, the the forest is gone for some reason apparently. 
That's yeah. that's also good because it would totally suck if you beat the big evil at the end of Breath of the Wild and then Tears of the Kingdom starts and they're like, two days later, oh yeah. no, you didn't actually win. Right, right? Yeah. Like that, that would be kind of a bummer. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm glad about that too, that some time has passed and they've, they've gotten a chance to for things to change and people to settle into whatever rhythm. And yet Ganon's like, I'm back. Yeah. Here we are. The king. The king has returned. Um, yeah. What do we think of Ganon? Oh, he's I'm hot. excited. <laughs> it's that SpongeBob. It's that SpongeBob thing of Squidward going, "Oh no, he's hot." That's what it is. Hot Ganon. Well, what are we gonna do? I mean, he's got nothing on side on, but whatever. I'm trying to think. When when was the last time we had a proper Ganondorf? Was it Super Wind Smash Wind? Brothers Ultimate? <laughs> well, uh, Twilight Princess had a proper Ganon. Uh, he did. It wasn't just yeah. Zant. I can't remember that game. He was around. Well, to be honest. What okay. what's been going on in the the DS games? Who's the boss of Phantom Hourglass? I don't remember. God, that game. Was I beat oh, that. Might have, I liked yeah. it, but I don't remember. Really? Yeah, it was. I mean, I didn't love it, but I okay. enjoyed it. But but point being, this is the most sort of uh, this is a very typical looking Ganondorf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is cool to see. Not that I didn't like Breath of the Wild's kind of take on it, but but Skyward Sword also went the more sort of. Um, you know, conceptual route with the founding of like all of this lore. So to see a proper humanized form of Ganondorf like that is really, it feels like a little bit of nostalgia coming home to that, that villain that we all love and hate so much. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it's all. It I, reminds me of like the beginning of Ocarina of Time when, when, right. you know, Link and Zelda see Ganondorf leaving the castle and, uh, or the Hyrule town. And it's like that, I mean, I think for me at least, and a lot of people, Ocarina of Time is is a lot of people's favorite, or maybe even first Zelda game. And that the first time you see Gandorf is like you're watching Link have this nightmare, and mm-hmm. so to see Gandorf like that again in Tears of the Kingdom, it it does feel like a homecoming. Not a, not a good homecoming for for Link or Zelda, but for us. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it also I'm makes also... it more believable for me because like when, when mm. I beat Breath of the Wild, Ganon was defeated and I felt very final about that. I was like, all right, we got rid of the evil. We did it. Uh, but the fact that they are doing this specific take on Ganondorf as opposed to just saying, oh, the Ganon influence is back. Oh, the weird calamity thing is is yeah, is not right, fully yeah. gone. Like the fact that it is this guy who I know from previous Zelda games, I really need to be pretty terrified of. Like that feels concrete and believable to me. Like, oh, we didn't stomp out the real problem. Yeah, I know. And that is that is also something that was missing from Breath of the Wild. Not that it felt like it diminished Breath of the Wild very much for missing it. But Calamity Ganon was such sort of an ethereal concept of a villain. You didn't really have a villain with a face in that Mm -hmm. game. So to have a a personified villain again is cool. A guy with like smarts and like like conniving as opposed to just sort of this this mysterious evil force that's just sitting around waiting for you. Right. Like like it's a human who can who can mess with you and probably will. (laughs) <laughs> yes, Ganondorf is just a guy now he's a guy <laughs> just a guy uh reb you had an interesting theory about what the plot might be and what zelda's up to that maybe involved time travel 
Yeah, I've been I, I, I don't think I'm unique in this theory. I think several other people have posed it because I've seen some discussion about it. But yeah, like, you know, trying to put together the pieces from these different trailers and figure out like what is actually going on, because we really don't know what the plot is actually still uh, defeat Ganondorf. But there's there's been a lot of themes in all of the trailers and gameplay of like reversal and the like the past and backing up like everything from the reversal mechanic to this sort of more wild uh, like like look that uh both link and uh, zelda have like the past and the zone i ruins uh all these kind of different things and zelda falls down this hole and we thought okay she's in like maybe an underground area but we actually see her in this trailer you know up in a nice sunny area and and doing her own thing and so i my my galaxy brain theory on this is that the story is going to be told in a similar way to the last game, not using memories, but Link going around Hyrule in the present and Zelda being trapped in the past somehow by falling down this hole and whatever they unleashed with that hand uh, and him sort of finding these clues she has left for him uh, and these memories of sorts of what she was up to in the past at that time to sort of lead him to solving the problem of getting her back, getting the master sword, which is like broken in the present, but is, is full and powerful when Zelda has it wherever she is. Um, and sort of like reuniting these, these timelines or figuring out the secret of the Zonai or whatever it is she's doing. But that's, that's kind of where my brain is going on that. And what we'll call it is link to the future. (laughs) (laughs) A link between time uh maybe yeah, we'll leave the naming to nintendo yeah 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 no that yeah maybe just tears of the kingdom is probably fine. it's fine it's fine yeah. what'd you, what'd you all think i like of the, that idea though what'd you all think of the monsters oh. uh what's with the dragon. tornado dragon one and just being <laughs> swallowed whole old school guy coming back from the og zelda yeah what's that guy's name that dragon brian altanos of course shouted it out like yeah. it does um any y'all know what that dragon headed dragon guy oh, yeah up. I played um, the original Zelda. I didn't. That game doesn't tell you what their names are. Playing the original Zelda. I played. I played the original Zelda in kindergarten <laughs> as a latchkey kid wow. because we had a, a Nintendo Entertainment System at latchkey, and you could sign up to play for ten minutes until the timer went off. Did you beat it? No, no. <laughs> I played the same first ten minutes of that game right. over and over, and died repeatedly because I was in kindergarten and didn't know how to play it. games. Go. I had no idea. I I also played it when I was very young, and I had no idea what was going on. Oh, no. And I was like, I'm running around this world, killing some guys. Cool. And then uh, it wasn't until Link's Awakening some years later that I was like, okay, I think I understand the vocabulary of this game. So, yeah. Gleok. Gleok. Thank you. That was the name of the boss, that like three-headed Hydra monster thing. Although it looks wild in this one <laughs> looks pretty oh, yeah. cool looks nuts and there's like and a bunch go ahead well that's just something we have there is there's nothing comparable to that in no. breath of the wild right in terms of fights so that's super exciting because even mm. if we don't necessarily get proper bosses and proper dungeons or whatever that is an experience that was not in breath of the wild that seems to be in this game and that is exciting on its own Something yeah. I think is interesting is everybody always acts like Breath of the Wild was just some shrines and then also the uh, the, the, the big guys. The beasts. The beasts. beasts. But there were other like dungeons as well. For example, when you go into the, the bandits 
hideout yeah. um, in the, yes. the Gerudo area. That was a pretty extensive I hated it, but thing yeah. to yeah. fight yeah, through that, and everything. That was the only part of the game I hated, but yeah. That really? section was I, a stealth mission. I really enjoyed mission. that area, actually. <laughs> it, Why did you hate it? It was a stealth it? mission, so everybody stops, tries to uh, forget it happened. <laughs> yeah, I, I like stealth games that are about stealth. I don't like stealth in games that are not about stealth. <laughs> Down with yeah. stealth. Backstabbing as a thing in AAA games, it's like right. where you break the neck or you hit the hotkey or whatever, and it's like, I'm stabbing the guy, and it's so perfunctory. Oh, I love Man. that. I love Ban it. Ban it. I, I love it when it's like Assassin's Creed, where that's like a valid way to go through the game and do something. But I hate it when it's just like, okay, on this mission, you have to be sneaky. Mm. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I think that the bosses, I, I feel very confident after this trailer that we are getting dungeons. Like, we had dungeons in Breath of the Wild. The Divine Beasts were dungeons. You just didn't like the dungeons, and that's fine. I think we were having more traditional dungeons. I think they heard that feedback. Uh, we saw, like, this weird castle rising out of the sand, and then a second later it cuts to Hyrule Castle, but Hyrule Castle is, like, super pointy, and the other castle is not pointy. So I There's think actually it's... a theory about that. Oh, do share. So the if I can get into it, I'm not, like, fully caught up on this one, but there's a there's a spot on the map in the desert of breath of the wild mm -hmm. that's labeled because you know there's like little names for things all yeah, over yeah, the place yeah. just marked if you zoom in enough there's a spot that's called the arbiter's grounds yeah which is actually the name of the fourth dungeon in twilight princess oh my god and in twilight princess the arbiter's grounds is basically like a prison where the sages like housed like housed and executed the worst criminals in hyrule so the theory is, since we've already seen a corpse of Ganondorf in mm -hmm. one of the early, early trailers, that the thing coming out of the desert in this trailer is the Arbiter's Grounds with Ganon's executed corpse in it. And that's where he's going to come so from. So it's a direct Sick. connection to Twilight Princess? Sick. Right. And that so is pretty, that, and that's again, pretty that's, metal. That's, that's yeah. all theory. That's cool. Right? Yeah. It's all, oh, it's all and speculation. There's a, and there's a Korok seed there too, which is really sad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh no, the Korok seed quest is back. Well, do you think every th there will definitely be people who do all of it again and get another golden poop, right? Oh, I, I mean, I wonder if they'll do the same quest because there was like we we know that the forest is destroyed, hmm. and there was like a little Korok in one. I think the gameplay trailer that was like, "Can you help me find my friends?" And so I wonder if it, there's going to be a different variation on that quest. There would be something, though, because that was one of the key things. The Koroks are like one of the reasons Breath of the Wild was so good, because any landmark or location oh, you looked at, you could just walk to and get a reward, even if it was tiny. Yeah, so, like, you're right. Even any hill you went, oh, I want to go to the top of that hill, it would say, good job, right, in a little Korok seed. So they have to have uh -huh. <laughs> it's a lot of Korok seeds. Um, so they have to have something like that, or I think that... Tears of the Kingdom just like won't have a similar sort of like draw where it's constantly rewarding you. Shout out to IGN's guide writers who are going to do it all again to help people for Tears of the Kingdom. So. Casey DeFridis. Oh Casey DeFridis. We love her around here. Casey. We love her. Yeah. Cat, yeah. uh, you you were really excited about Zelda. Tom, what, what stood out to you in this trailer? Uh, Link put a shield on a sword. <laughs> I thought that was, <laughs> that was pretty, pretty funny. Uh, no, that that was cool to me just because it was like it, it showed that the the level to which we are going to be able to combine <laughs> items is all right. It yes. is it is it kind of un unfiltered in that regard. So that was cool. But no, the thing that really stood out to me more than anything else in terms of what got me 
excited or encouraged for maybe where this is going to go with stuff they didn't show us is that little uh thing that zelda was holding that little item oh that yeah looked looked like a tear it also looked like the amber relics from skyward sword it also looked like the green gem from ocarina of time pharaoh's gem it also looked like the little spiral things and the mural in one of the old trailers that we got for this game and there were i believe seven of them in that trailer and we saw on on the wall mural and we saw like three or four in this trailer yeah so zelda's got a yellow one uh we saw if you side on at one point in this trailer and he has like a blue one kind of embedded in his the back of his hand and then there's, there's a red one in ganon's forehead were there more there's another one on a necklace of a character who kind of looks like long ears like a goddess or something mm. that we don't know exactly who she is oh yeah and then there's another one maybe on the hand of the person who like is really tall and touches Zelda's shoulder and we don't know who it is because they don't show his face. I think that person had one on their hand as well. Um, the 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 theory here, right? The yeah. thing you can kind of, or my assumption is, you know, Zelda games traditionally have had seven MacGuffins you got to go yes. get from seven dungeons that then you beat the game. And it could indicate, not saying it is for sure, but it could indicate that that's where we're going with this is you've got to go collect these seven things in seven different spots around the world. Yeah. Um, and if that's the case, I, like that's that's really exciting, right? That is just super, super exciting. This is what the people wanted. Yeah. Or, maybe that's hear not me it. out. Maybe it's not that. Yeah, hear me out, Tom. What Zelda's holding in her hands is this game's Korok seed. <laughs> and she's just <laughs> a holding little a, a little tiny poo in her hands, and she's like, Link, you must find me. <laughs> what is this? That's what, um, like, we think it's like a big story moment that's actually from the cutscene where they're, like, tutorializing how you uh, increase your inventory this time. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I just want people how who went and got every Korok seed and got their golden poo to be like, you know what? I think it's going to be different this time. I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get every Korok seed and then Nintendo just doing it. It was like, what are, what are you even doing? And I really want them to record if you did it the last time in Breath of the Wild. And so they can double troll you and be like, you're just the biggest loser. I'm sorry. No, just kidding. Everybody who goes and gets every Korok seed, you are valid. It's okay. But also I'm judging you. <laughs> Jeffrey, what about you? What stood out to you? Um, I, I know we've seen, you know, I know we, I feel like we'd never really talk about Link's arm, but mm. in this trailer, I think, I think it's new, the cutscene of it, maybe it's from the beginning of the game. It looks like Ganondorf is, you know, cursing his arm and there's like, it's swirling around the master sword. Like obviously the master sword is, is broken in this game at some point. And, you know, it makes me think of, uh, it reminds me of, yeah, this just very fun scene. That's probably just, I mean, maybe when. That's when Gandorf uh, reappears. And I wonder if it's like a Metal Gear Solid scenario where uh, Liquid Snake... Uh, oh, no, it's it's Revolver Ocelot gets his arm chopped off in one of the games. And then Liquid Snake, which is Saw Snake's evil brother, then lives inside that arm and is, and is controlling Liquid Snake. And that's like a big plot twist in the series. Uh, sorry, spoilers <laughs> from Elgar Solid. Um, <laughs> from 1999, whatever. Uh, but uh, it is very much like, oh, I wonder if there are going to be moments where that's more than just gameplay with like, oh, like maybe you won't be able to, your stamina is lowered or, or you're like restricted. But I wonder if it's like you're also having to do like 
more malicious things somehow by accident. Like, are you you're well, like doing a morality that, system in Zelda? Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, this is like overtaking you, or like, I don't know how that could. I mean, I don't know how like they would a, do that. A Princess Mononoke kind of thing. Yeah, like, yeah, honestly, which I mean, that movie feels like, uh, like you know, Breath of the Wild obviously had you know, there's like influence of that there, but like, it is so crazy to think that like it's just like, oh yeah, Link's just injured from some event and it'll be fine but i i wonder the arm thing will will come into play obviously like we saw like there was like a moment with there, there was a rocket he was mm-hmm. just link is an astronaut in this that game for a so second cool yeah he's just like in a rocket and it's so crazy too even just the very beginning of the trailer when you see the sky islands um and i and i and i saw on ign this morning that you 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 start the game at on an on the sky islands which is really cool yeah they confirmed and that on the website yeah yeah, uh, IGN.com. Uh, ever heard of it? <laughs> um, and uh, it's it's such a it's such a cool idea. Like it's so like we know there's so many islands, but there were so many even larger islands like farther away and f- higher up. I'm like, how big is this? Like we know it's big. The map of the game of the first game is huge, and it's like, oh wait, the the sky and then there's like an underground place too apparently like it's just like okay this is very uh, like i'm i don't know how we'll be able to finish this game in our lifetimes (laughs) (laughs) it's not happening no Uh, but it explains why it took multiple years to make this thing because they're like we're going big we're going huge there's gonna be so many options as tom was saying um the, the sky's the limit i suppose you could say ah, with all of the items that you can attach to various things so uh, it's just the amount of testing and oh, yeah. the, the sheer scale of it very exciting yeah uh I, go I, ahead on on the rocket really quick i do love that the first game it is like you know in order to jump really high, you need to defeat a divine beast and get the sacred magical power of Rivali, who could soar into the sky. And now you have that power. And then Tears of the Kingdom is like, put a rocket on your arm. That's fine. Now you can go up. <laughs> Rivali's <like>, rocket <laughs> is now ready. They've come yeah. a long way in the seven. Is now ready for takeoff. <laughs> May- and maybe you know, maybe it's a really rare item or whatever. But it, it shows, I think, how much they are having fun in this game. They're yeah, I love the idea of Rav- a lot more. Yeah, and I and I just love imagining Rivali's reaction to that. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> oh my gosh. We don't need we don't need this. I have Rivali's Gale. Can we talk before we move on about all the other little mechanics? Like, so the rocket launcher was one. Uh, Link's riding a mech in one shot. Hello, sure, uh, incredible. Uh, at one point, he's like got a flying squirrel suit. And is it's not the paraglider yeah. glider, but he's like doing like cool fly dive through a bunch of lasers. Mission uh, Impossible laser dodging. Yeah, there's a minecart fight. Uh, I think Kat mentioned earlier. There's these like floating balls of water that he's swimming in up in the air, which maybe confirms swimming mechanics, like underwater swimming potentially. Oh, no. uh, don't don't like put the, that evil out in the world. Don't there's like these floating like hover platforms. They sort of flo- like there's all <laughs> these. Uh, we saw just like the smorgasbord of other like little. I know I like that word. <laughs> There have all these other like little mechanics that he can do uh, in in certain situations, and I know they're not going to be ubiquitous throughout the whole world necessarily. But I'm so excited to play with them. Platforming yeah. and swimming are my two favorite things in a video game. For sure. <laughs> I want to build a mech. I want to build a mech. Ah, yeah, it's it's 
it's really cool right like even even something as simple as the bubbles is that that is an example of this isn't just the same game that you're going to they're going to be doing new things right they're going to be asking new things of you giving you new challenges mm-hmm. that feel fresh even if it's in the same quote unquote map yeah. right it, it and so i agree it's really really encouraging to see just sort of not crazy deep on any one thing but just so many possible things all rapid fire like this just and i assume again they're not showing everything here oh right? no. so if we watched the last gameplay mechanics thing and went man it didn't really look like there was a ton of stuff in this new and then they show us all of this there's probably that much again <laughs> that they're not showing us oh yeah or yeah. more who can say I right. mean, we remember after Breath of the Wild came out, the the months and months of videos of people going, a player just discovered that you can do this in Breath of the Wild. And it just went on and on for months. And it was incredible. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you do news. It was awesome. <laughs> it's going to be a fun time. <laughs> this year, I decided I actually wanted to like follow hockey a little bit more than just the most casual of casuals. So I subscribed to a service that streams all of the NHL to your television. Uh, The Boston Bruins home opener, I went to watch it, and boom, blackout restrictions apply, which I thought was kind of ridiculous because I'm still 200 miles away from Boston, but whatever. Had I had NordVPN, that wouldn't have been a problem. I would have just gone in, changed my settings to another geographic area, and boom, I could have been watching all the Boston Bruins home games like it was nothing at all. So now I have NordVPN and I can watch the home games of my local teams streaming without being frustrated. It's the same thing with like Netflix. It has all these complicated licensing rules, which from one country to another don't really make sense. So something you could watch on South Korean Netflix, you won't be able to watch on the United States Netflix unless NordVPN, boom, switch to South Korea and you're watching whatever Korean drama that you want I highly recommend you do that. I haven't done it myself, but people seem to enjoy them. And who am I to try to bring down people's enjoyment? Uh, NordVPN, more than just entertainment and sports availability, it's going to protect you, especially when you're traveling, when you're using public Wi-Fi. People are trying to get in there. They're creeping on you. Bad actors, people trying to steal your password, your bank account details. Who knows what the government's doing these days? I can't keep track. They're all over the damn place. NordVPN... It's going to protect you. It's going to protect up to six devices because I know you have at least that many devices in front of you right now that can hook up to the internet. Boom. Fastest VPN in the world. You're not going to get any buffering. You're not going to get any lagging. Uh, It's going to stop your ISP from bandwidth throttling, which they do. That's kind of sneaky, especially how much you're paying those guys. There's threat protection to protect you from viruses and malicious malware and whatever else. Uh, Um unsavory actors are out there. If you want to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. That's nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. Victor Charlie. Uh, That link is also going to give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There is no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nice of them, and I appreciate that. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, 
and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Um, before we move on from Zelda stuff, uh, my understanding is that while we wait for Tears of the Kingdom to manifest in a month, uh, a couple of you are playing Breath of the Wild, and we're wondering if Breath of the Wild is still holding up, because it's been like almost, it's been six years, is that right? Wow, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 2017, it's been six years. Is Breath of the Wild still hold up six months later, folks? No. JK. It's Cat, you have to stop. <laughs> <laughs> i'm used to us disagreeing on everything we've been on a roll like it's actually. just a reflex you know <laughs> the contrarian in me just goes no it doesn't hold up the greatest game of all time is really bad actually we gotta squeeze in like a good final fantasy 7 debate before tears of the oh. comes out final fantasy 7 <laughs> remake oh. oh boy here we go and, no, no 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 we're not gonna do that uh, <laughs> i'm getting stressed out even thinking about this oh my god tom and jeffrey you're the two who are playing breath of the wild again right yeah yeah, tell, yeah. tell me yeah, about it. What's on, going on? On kind of your your recommendation last time I was on the show, Reb, you said Heck yeah. that uh, a great way to kind of ease into that game again was to do the Champions Ballad DLC, which I had started a million years ago when it first came out, but never actually went through much of. I did like a couple temple or uh, shrines and, and stop. Um, and so I, I picked that back up. I'm almost done with it now. And it's it's very, it does hold up. The game is still a ton of fun It for all of the same reasons. I find myself slightly more annoyed with little things that were fine back then, like the controls are still a teeny bit clunky here and there, like jump being on the X button while sprint is on the B button is still sort of weird, right? Um, mm. and, and the frame rate, I'm noticing a little bit more when the frame rate dips just because you know, the, the rose-tinted glasses have come off a little bit in, in that case. But gameplay-wise, it is still so wonderfully free, right? It is still so in, so fun to... I tweeted a video of this, right? Of I don't know how to get over to that cage with a chest in it, and so I will put myself in a cannon and fire myself out of a cannon and let Link ragdoll 200 feet across a chasm... <laughs> Yep, and, and maybe that's how I'm supposed to do that, or maybe it's not. I don't really know, but it worked, and the game rewarded me for it. Um, those moments are still fully intact, and and I'm still having a ton of fun with it. Even if the DLC itself is not, DLC itself is fun, but it's not like wildly impressive to me. It is a lot of more of the same. If you want to talk about a more of the same Zelda DLC, Champions Ballad is a lot of more of the same. <laughs> I remember this Zelda DLC it, feels too much like DLC. <laughs> I remember Red finding it the at clip. the time, like the slightest, like, like a little bit of a refinement almost. Like it wasn't, it wasn't anything brand new, but I remember the the dungeon at the end of the DLC being like a, a slightly, <laughs> that's scary. <laughs> that him firing himself out of the cannon. We're watching the really B-roll funny. right now. That's, oh, wow. Yeah. That, that shot of Link. That's can so we funny. freeze on that shot of Link when he lands? On the ground. That is yeah, that is yeah. This is incredible. The the way I remember they were like the Nintendo was like so excited the way that they could see people solve shrines the way it was not intended, right. and like that is something I'm so excited for. Donk. Oh my Aww. god, look at <laughs> amazing! Poor guy, that is so funny. He's Just doing his best, like, rolling with the hits. I yeah. finished. Tom, Breath have you wild finally earlier this year? Oh really? Yeah, because oh. I had gotten to the final 
uh, dungeon, the final divine beast and put it away. Cause I was like, oh, I don't really want to beat this. And then I went away for like several years mm-hmm. and I came back to it and I finally finished that dungeon. And then I went and did Hyrule castle and I fought calamity Ganon. spoilers, calamity Ganon's the final. And I also fought Thunderblight <laughs> Ganon, which was a huge bugbear for the community for the long time. Oh, that guy's hard. But because I had the shield, yeah. I, I, I had a lot of stuff mm-hmm. because I had been playing the game pretty thoroughly, including the master sword. So I didn't have any trouble with him. Um, the things that I remembered were like, I was coming off Elden Ring, of course. So Breath of the Wild immediately felt more um, difficult to, I, I had to rework my, rewire my brain slightly to get yeah. back into it. But I found myself really enjoying all of the things that you could do, all of the options. The combat was so cool. And when that game wanted to go hard, which it does, definitely goes hard in the final battle through uh, Hyrule Castle and Calamity Ganon and everything. It can really go hard. And this is just the coolest that Link has ever been, honestly, which is why mm-hmm. I can understand why people really grabbed onto it. And just the, the, the depth and breadth of all of the options that you have uh, for movement and traversal and solving puzzles and everything. I, I had a great time, and it really reminded me of just how good uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild really is. Yeah. Jeffrey, what about you? How's your time with it been? It's, it, it, I always say that Breath of the Wild is the gift that keeps on giving. I, I mm. think earlier this year, I found a place on the map I had never been to because the title was like bigger than normal. And I was like, <laughs> wait. How have I never been? It was like a kind of indoor area that was out that was like under a cliff, and there was like there was like a place to pray. And I was like, what? Where? What is? What? How have I? I'm like opening the map. I was like, I, I've I've definitely been near here. Like I can't believe I never saw it. Um, but I, I do want to ask really quick, Tom, because I know you're playing Champions Ballad. Do you know? Like I, I know the answer, but I don't want to spoil it for you because you're playing it currently. Do you know what you get at the end of the Champions Ballad? I think so. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I don't want to say it because, like, I, I'm sure everyone in the podcast is like screaming because it's like very obvious. But yeah, I, 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 you get essentially like, well, can I say it? Spoilers. Jump ahead, ahead a minute if you don't want to know. It's the motorcycle, right? Yes, it's the yeah. it's the seen, master cycle zero. Of videos of that. Yeah, it is. It yeah, is which like divine beast, which is really right. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah, which is so funny because, like, I knew that the motorcycle existed in the game, like, uh, again, like, obviously, like, just years late to finally getting it because I also beat the Champions Battle DLC, like, last weekend because I was stuck on all the Thunder Blight, Water Blight. It's just so hard because, like, you can be a souped-up Link, but they're all very... You're you're given only you're you're dressed up in the garb of you know that divine beast and you're given like two items like and so yeah. the last half of every boss battle is I'm just slowly picking them away with my sphere and square bombs it, because they're like this is unforgiving and like you're right it is thunderblight is way too fast this is not fair um, but I will say it was definitely the the last thing that you do in the champions ballot boss Tom I'm so excited for you to play it because I was surprised. I, I was like, cool. wait, I've never been spoiled on this. And it's just such a such a twist on what you've been doing the whole game. And it's very fun. And everyone who's listening, you know, knows. I mean it's it's a it's a it's a different kind of kind of final fight. Um yeah, I'm excited. But I will say I'm, get, I'm gonna get there soon. I only have to fight Thunderblight left. I left I left Thunderblight for last. <laughs> Tom, oh yes, Thunderblight. While while you're in the dungeon, knowing what the reward is, think about the layout of the dungeon and what it might represent. I think it's really fun. Okay, okay. 
I'm oh excited. yes, that and I that's, knew and that's because all very exciting. Yeah, that's yeah, the DLC is fun. I agree that it's not like a huge thing. It really is just kind of the Divine Beast again, but way harder. But like it is very fun and the story is fun and, and you kind of see a lot more cutscenes that I never that you just don't see in the main game, like memories yeah. and like yeah, there's like, like and there's Zelda great. you yeah, you see Zelda talking to all the champions. I was like, wait, this is really cool. Like, I, this was DLC. Like, some people, probably a lot of people didn't play the DLC, just statistically, right? Yeah. But then uh, once you have the motorcycle, the Master Cycle Zero, um, it is a game changer. It's added to your Sheikah Slate as a ruin, uh, a, a rune, a ruin. It's in ruins, in a rune. Uh, and uh, the best part is that it's, has unlimited fuel because all you have to do to fuel it is put any five junk junk items in your inventory. I th- I put in five Bulkablin hearts and suddenly I was at full and I was zooming across Hyrule and I was like, wow, I wish I had this the whole game. And in Tears of the Kingdom, it looks like we'll be able to just make our own friggin' cars. So uh, yeah, Tom, I, Tom, I want to hear your thoughts on uh, the Champions Ballad in, in a future episode because it is so fun. Can we just talk about how metal it is that the latest, the newest Zelda game has Link riding a motorcycle fueled by the hearts of his enemies? (laughs) (laughs) That is hardcore. That rules. Yeah. Yeah, it just and I like it was like, what do I have the most of? Like, like lizard horns, whatever. I just threw that in there. I don't know how it doesn't break. I mean, it it is so fun and it's fast and it's just you can kind of do like the. You, you hold a, or like it starts accelerating, so you're kind of doing like an Akira slide at all times, just mm-hmm. choosing which direction to just start zooming in. Oh, it is so fun. I cannot wait to then go up to Hyrule Castle on this horse motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to spend the whole time talking about Zelda, just because we're going to have like a whole month of that coming up. Uh, so I want to switch to actually something else that has been uh, a very hot topic later, lately, uh, which is the Super Mario Brothers movie. And Kat actually came prepared with uh, a cat take of sorts about the current discourse around around, around the Mario Brothers movie. Cat, <laughs> you got some feelings you want to get out? I, I think this is a pretty heated cat take, Reb Valentine. <laughs> uh, specifically, <laughs> I, I saw the Mario movie I didn't get a chance to be on the review episode, alas, but I did enjoy it. It was fun. It's good. Uh, there are a lot of reviews. The ones that really hated the movie were the would be like, at least the 1993 movie was daring. And I have to say, we have to stop trying to rehabilitate the 1993 Super Mario movie. <laughs> I lived through the Star Wars prequels being rehabilitated, and it was devastating and awful. But I, this is just a bridge too far. That This movie is terrible. It's absolutely abject. Frankly, it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. But people are like, at least the 1993 movie was inventive. This is just a boring <laughs> cash grab of a toy commercial. And I have to say that the Super Mario movie was also a giant cash grab. <laughs> if the 1993 movie has any imagination or soul, it's mostly by accident. It's a series of half-formed ideas that were cobbled together by multiple writers into an absolute nonsense script. Nintendo had little to no input by their own choice, by the way. And the writers, directors, and cast had no clue about the actual source material. It didn't have guts or daring. It was just a clueless production, and it shows. This is a movie where Dennis Hopper was so upset 
with the directors that he apparently yelled at them for three hours and called them completely unprofessional. He was like, I've never been on a set this bad. Bob Hoskins hated it and called it the worst job he's ever done. The directors described it as humiliation. And it was so bad that the Nintendo was spooked off making movies for decades. And the thing is, I watched this movie when I was a kid and I watched it as an adult. It's boring. It is a boring movie. At least Street Fighter the movie had Raul Julia's performance. It had an energy. It had a verb. Uh, everyone likes to praise the set design, but the, the pacing, the editing, the overall direction is just totally inert. It's obvious that no one making this movie wants to be there. It's just there to sell merch and cash in on the Mario craze at the time. So I ask you, please stop pretending like the 1993 Super Mario movie was some kind of lost treasure. It was every bit as much of an attempt to cash in on Mario Mania. The difference is that it was just really, really bad. And to people who say that it was good, actually, I say to you, monkey. (laughs) (laughs) Kat, I don't think this was the takeaway you wanted me to have, but... I now kind of want to see this movie. I mean, everybody is kind of <laughs> fascinated by it. I've never seen it. I don't it's know. sitting at the top of Amazon's bestseller list. Yeah, I mean, a curiosity, I assume. Yeah, no. I, I rewatched it a few years ago just because I was like, yeah, I remember. I, I was very confused as a child. I was like, what's going on? Why is Dennis, why is Koopa a person? Yeah. Uh, what? This looks nothing like Mario. This is not, this is not Mario. Right. Um, and then as an adult, I was like, kind of literally falling asleep i think (laughs) i think it's an okay stoner movie maybe i see okay like the kind of thing you just Mm -hmm. like take an edible and you like completely zone out while very weird things are happening coming up everybody for for a while but (laughs) all in all like i just it's dreadful it's a bad movie (laughs) look they beat them to the punch with disney's live action version of the super mario movie this is just what it is yeah oh disney's not going to be able to uh, adapt that one what were we going to say tom to your point about set design being praiseworthy like bad things can have good parts of them oh sure you know naboo is one of is a beautifully designed planet visually that doesn't mean it is like interesting narratively in what they're doing there or anything in, in episode one right like they bad things can have good aspects and that doesn't make that doesn't redeem the whole automatically yeah there's this weird trend in the world where people will just latch on to something that everybody broadly agreed was horrible and go but what if it was good yeah and this is especially the case if there were memes around it uh, and you could yeah. TikTok it out and get people into it and then people watch these little clips and decide actually this whole thing was good and i say no it was not good it was never good we're looking at this now aren't we this is the we sure are this is the mario yeah, is yoshi the a just straight up dinosaur the, yeah the de-evolution ray oh wow Ah. <laughs> oh this is quite strange i don't i don't i what is that i don't know what that was a goomba was it now yes it was the, are you talking <laughs> about the giant lizard with the small head no no the face coming out of the sand what was that oh uh god i don't remember it's been a minute since i've watched this movie it was waluigi <laughs> i fully believe that uh jeffrey and tom have either of you seen this thing a long time ago I have only seen clips, and I will say we have jokingly done, shout out to our uh, TikTok editor, Morgan Stir. we have done side-by-sides to try to line up things from 
this live action film <laughs> of course two have. moments we've seen in trailers and uh awesome. they did so well people yeah, were like what really the heck is this it's <laughs> yeah. perfect internet camp oh yeah yeah yeah. it yeah. translates so well to like tiktok it's and very such. memeable yeah yeah but maybe things can just but i think saying that it's good is a bridge too far and honestly i liked the illumination movie it was fun yeah it was fun I had a great time yeah i mean was it obviously a, a toy commercial Yes, sure. but it was for kids. A lot of things are, though. Yeah. At least it was faithful to the source material. Yeah. There's also, after decades of, of losing the context, it's probably easy to look at the Mario, the 93 Mario movie and say, well, surely this must have been done ironically, and it's like a send-up. But probably that movie was made entirely in earnest, right? And and when you think about it that way, you're like, oh, it's they're not trying to be funny. This is just not good yeah <laughs> which is uh, sadder for sure right as a as an aside this is a totally different aside the de-evolution thing reminds me of the dark crystal where people have their brains melted in that you're looking at me but i've seen neither of seen these the, movies you've never seen the dark crystal no i've not reb it's really dark but is it about a crystal <laughs> uh well you should watch it actually but uh for some reason uh, scenes where people are getting like their brains melted or de-evolved or something very stressful to me yeah so maybe that that's really why i didn't upsetting. like this movie yeah yeah okay well let's get away from that then since we all clearly <laughs> don't like this movie uh cat you <laughs> playing anything doing anything exciting recently why yes thank you for asking reb i am also playing a zelda game but that zelda game is the legend of zelda a link to the past for the super nintendo i'm playing it on mm. nintendo switch online it's part of my podcast uh, monthly game club we're revisiting a zelda before uh we get to tears of the kingdom and the game that they all selected was the original a link to the past and i have to say um amazing game beautiful uh really great opening uh set piece while you're running through the rain and going through the castle and everything yeah. and finding zelda music is absolutely off the hook i, I remember how mind-blowing it was to step out of the the shrine that the temple mm -hmm. uh, the the sanctuary thank you um and hearing the overall overworld theme for the first time and now it's like kind of whatever but at the time coming off the nintendo yeah. oh my god it felt like a full orchestra was playing um i am at the boss of the tower of hera right now which is a uh, the third dungeon in the light world. Is that the one with the spiky worm? The spiky worm. I hate that guy. I cussed so many times. He's so annoying. Great music, though. Whoa. I said so many bad words. I can't imagine that uh, from <laughs> you, Red. Many bad words. Gosh darn it. Um, oh, no. But it's, it, I, I love the feel of that boss fight, actually, because you can see it was a technical trick at the time where, like, you can see the that you're clearly very high up, mm -hmm. but it makes it feel that much more epic as you're trying to claim the last uh, stone and then eventually go and get the Master Sword and yada, yada, yada. Um, there, there's so much to this game. I, I think it's interesting that people often want to say, well, there's two kinds of Zeldas, the Breath of the Wild kind of Zelda, and then there's the traditional zelda that was inaugurated by a link to the past and so in so many ways they are of a piece because 
so much of A Link to the Past is exploration heavy. There's mm -hmm. so much to find, so much to do, so many things where like you'll walk up to two guys who are like lumberjacks and they're sawing a tree and you're like, what's up with these guys? Or like, why is this person missing? Why is this person just sitting here? Can I talk to him? Um, and uh, it, it's, it's quite wonderful. Ocarina of Time, of course, oh, oh, and a Wind Waker and Twilight Princess, oh, a huge debt. Uh, to this game and in so many ways um, maybe could not quite live up to it because this game has some of the best dungeons in the entire series. So really enjoying my revisit of A Link to the Past. It, if you want to talk about a game that holds up, this one oh, yeah. holds up. I sure. played it yeah. uh, not that long ago. Like, I mean, like five, six years ago, but still in my adulthood and for the first time and mm -hmm. really, really loved it. Yeah, I think I think this is probably my most played Zelda game. It's mm -hmm. It's a good game. One I grew up on, certainly. And I can actually beat it in five minutes with a glitch, which is no kidding. <laughs> yeah. Original speedrunner. <laughs> wow. I think a, uh, I love the really randomizer. There's a Super mm -hmm. Nintendo uh, A Link to the Past randomizer where you're going back and forth mm -hmm. between them. Yeah. And cool. finding the individual items uh, is, is quite tricky, but it, it's very clever and it shows all the really smart ways that people have been able to repurpose um, older games and such. But I look forward to getting back into the dark world because that, for me, is like when the game really gets going to the meat of the game. So, yeah. Tommy, playing anything interesting besides Champions Ballad? Uh, not really. Not on Switch. I played through a game on PC called Terra Nil that I'd recommend mm. if it ever comes to Switch. I've heard some good stuff about that, yeah. Yeah, it's a very cool uh, reverse city builder where you go to a destroyed landscape and you have to like clean it up and put grass and water back and then take all of the buildings that you use to re rejuvenate it away. So at the end of a level, there's no man-made stuff on it and it's a thriving oh. landscape again. I don't know. I think it's only available right now on like PC, Mac and Netflix on mobile. Interesting. Um, but it is. So if you have Netflix, I guess on you can I, I think you can play this on your phone. Yeah, uh, and I assume at some point it will come to Switch. It's published by Devolver, so that seems like something they would want to do at some point. So keep an eye out for Terra Nail, I guess. But looks um, quite pretty. Wow, that's beautiful. It's a, yeah, it's a very lovely game. Yeah, but uh, besides that, Switch-wise, I am basically only playing Champions Ballad stuff right now and enjoying it quite a bit. Well, totally fair, Jeffrey. You got anything for us? Nope, just Breath of the Wild as well. I I, I find myself wanting to like pull away from Breath of the Wild because I want to feel like a little bit fresh for Tears of the Kingdom, but I just, mm. I feel like I'm just going to go straight in. I, I'm going to, I'm going to just like how you did Reb. I'm, I'm going to watch a sunset and close Breath of the Wild for the last time at some point in the next month, but yeah. I don't want that to be anytime soon because I genuinely am just, I'm still finding things that I've never seen. And I am like blown away. Like I, I, it's, it's still shocking to me six years later. Like, is it's just, like, I, yeah, it's just so fun. Like, I'm just talking to people that have just, like, these weird quests. Like, oh, I really want to see a traveler sword. I'm like, all right, well, that seems easy enough. And I'm just like, <laughs> or I talked to this girl at a stable that her little sister wants to see, like, like three different kinds of dragonflies. And I'm like, oh, I wonder where I can find those. And, like... <laughs> I just I fall into a hole when I'm just trying to go somewhere else and then I'm in I'm within a quest within a quest within a quest and I'm like wait what was I doing but I'm also having a blast doing it yeah. I mean I know that's the whole game but I just I guess I'm falling back in love with Breath of the Wild and uh, very cool that a sequel is coming out soon yeah. <laughs> have you heard oh no what what's happening <laughs> there's a sequel no Jeffrey I love that huh? that's like 
That feels really wholesome. And like, like that, that, is, that was the breath of wild, the wild experience was like walking up to the top of the hill and seeing something and going, I'm going to go over there and starting to walk that direction and being like, Oh, what's this over here? And then something a little further. Oh, but what's this? I want to go look at this. And then getting just like way off course. It really transformed the way that I think we understood open world games yeah. at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, uh, sorry for you people who aren't playing anything specific right now besides Breath of the Wild because you're forced to listen to me talk about the fact that I finished Octopath Traveler 2 last week. Did you like it? I did. Congrats. I really liked it. Uh, it was a lot longer than I thought it would be. I was bracing myself for like 50 hours, uh, ended up capping at about 90. Whoa. <laughs> so it was pretty wow. long. And I did, I did all the side quests. I did do them, uh, with guide help. Thank you so much, guides writers. Uh, I, I mean, I did some of them on my own, but by the end, I was just like, I'm going to finish these. I'm not going to try to figure out what town this guy is in. I'm just going to like use a guide for them. Uh, the only thing I didn't do was beat the super secret ultra hard boss. Uh, I walked in, let that guy kick my butt, and then walked back out. Can you say that you've truly finished Octopath Traveler 2? I got better things to do than grind to beat that guy. I'm not going to do it, but <laughs> I, I, I did finish the game. Uh, it's it's really quite phenomenal. Like, I, I think it is... It is I think the NPC stuff alone should be winning awards, but there's no award for the category that it is in. Like every single NPC in the world has their own dialogue when you talk to them. They have their own backstory written when you like inspect them or do do whatever the, the information move is. They all can be fought in battle. And they all also, and they have like their own unique move sets and their own like unique whatever. And then they also can join your party and fight on your behalf. Uh, and they also have an inventory of items that they can sell you or that you can steal. Every NPC, for the most part, has this stuff. And there are so many NPCs in this game. Like, that alone, and the creativity of the writing and their backstories and the ways it all interacts with each other. Like, there's uh, there's this guy. My favorite guy is this guy in this one town uh, where, like, everybody in that town is... Uh, basically a criminal and this guy's backstory is that he is just for no reason biologically very immune to poisons like he's just has some incredible poison immunity but and everyone in town is trying to be the first person to kill him via poison so they keep slipping poison into his food uh and he has no idea absolutely no clue that this is going on uh and this is just like written in a couple sentences in his backstory but it's really funny uh and then but all the characters have that some of them have like interactions with one another where it's like oh this person is this person's daughter but they're in a whole different town and their stories intersect but it doesn't it doesn't really matter it's just like flavor that's there um and this is just like one really small aspect of the game i'm not going to get into all the other wonderful things ign i'm pretty sure we reviewed this right dom this is our review we're looking yes. at right now we reviewed it we probably gave it a great score uh i hope i don't know it's a great game actually Seth Seth reviewed it. He also reviewed the first one. He gave this a seven. He was actually a little <gasps> bit lower on this than a lot of people. Seven's not good. That seven, Seven's good. Yeah, seven is a good review, right? It's not a bad review, but he 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 had some some complaints here and there. So for a different perspective, you can check out his review as well. But he is very very you know complimentary of it too. Yeah, I think it's great. I have small quibbles on the pacing. Like there there were points where there were points where I was just like watching cutscene, 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 and then there were points where I had like no cutscenes for a really long time, and it's just. It's just kind of based on how you pick up travelers and what order you're doing things in. Uh, there was a little bit of grinding too, which uh, like like there's grinding and then there's grinding and it was a little bit yeah. of a grinding kind. Uh, but minor quibbles, <laughs> especially in a large RPG. Uh, I thought it was great. God, the soundtrack. Oh, my heart. It's so good. Huh. Um, Octopus Traveler 2 is great. 
some question block before we go. Um, we have one from, sorry, again, names. We have one from Matt Bade. Uh, I'm excited for Tears of the Kingdom like everyone, but what are some good games like Breath of the Wild that people can play in anticipation of Tears of the Kingdom? My girlfriend is currently playing Immortals Phoenix Rising, and it gives off major Breath of the Wild vibes. Curious what other games the panel suggests. Thanks. Anyone got some suggestions? Yeah. Um, I just mentioned A Link to the Past, which is a different flavor of Zelda. It's true. put you into the mood. Yeah. Uh, to be able to enjoy it. You may have also heard of a little game called Elden Ring. Mm. <laughs> but I think the thing is that maybe you want an appetizer before you get something that's as big as Tears of the Kingdom. And so you don't necessarily want to go from huge game to huge game. So A Link to the Past is actually quite short. Yeah. Surprisingly fewer so. than 20, minute, 20 hours. So maybe that one. Yeah. Tom and Jeffrey, you got anything? Uh, that's a good suggestion. Also, if you just want another Breath of the Wild style game, Genshin Impact is legitimately very good. It's that was available on every platform, including including mobile. It is free. Uh, there is a ton of game in there, but since it's a service game, you can sort of dip in, dip out. Um, and eventually you sort of start to hit a paywall, but eventually in Genshin is like 60 hours. It's right? more than it that is... now with all of the new yeah. content they've added since then. I'm pretty sure you could spend 100 plus hours on that and still not have reached your limit. The value and sort of how it treats you while being a free-to-play game on mobile and all that is is very impressive. So I think if you're really just looking for more of that sort of style, Breath of the Wild style of game, really you should check out Genshin Impact. It's a very, very good game. Yeah, I would second that, honestly. I've kind of fallen off Genshin Impact over the last year or so, but I, I really enjoy it. And it is it is enormous. Like, it's it's probably bigger in scope than Breath of the Wild, honestly. Uh, it's not quite the same, but but just in terms of largeness, it is, it is enormous because it is a little more MMO-like. It's not an MMO, but it has, like, that kind of feel. Um, yeah. And they're constantly adding more and more content. So it's one of those things where, like, it might overwhelm you, but also it's all going to be there when Tears of the Kingdom is done. Like you're going to come back to it and it'll just continue on. And so pretty much any time you're feeling the urge to wander around big grassy fields and have your little paraglider and stuff like you can come back to it and it's going to be there and it's going to be like relatively unchanging and, and lovely. And yeah, Genshin's really good. And, and if your girlfriend enjoys Breath of the Wild style games too, Genshin has co-op. It does. Yeah. Play together. You can. Jeffrey, what about you? Got any suggestions? Uh, yeah, if you if you do want to play, uh, or Matt or your girlfriend want to play a, a big map that's maybe less intimidating than Elden Ring and Genshin Impact, uh, mostly Elden Ring, uh, Sonic Frontiers. That is just a fun, mm. silly game that you can run around in a giant map. It's not as kind of it's it's much emptier. I feel than those other games because uh, it's more of just like a hub world but it is a huge place to kind of go around and find things and collect items and jump into kind of more traditional sonic games sonic levels um but i love sonic so maybe everyone's eye rolling at this suggestion but it is a, a really i do really like sonic frontiers and it's just a, a like i mean you're gonna be moving way slower in tears of the kingdom <laughs> than sonic uh, but, uh, yeah, like genuinely Sonic Frontiers is just like that. That's a, I'm right now stuck in a boss and like the, there, there's like six islands total. So it's kind of like Breath of the Wild where there's like, there's a winter area and there's a lava area and there's like a, a grassy area and you kind of unlock those as you go. And it's a really fun kind of, 
everyone i feel like they were like no 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 this isn't like breath of the wild but it was obviously influenced by breath of the wild and i know that that's the big internet joke that everything is just breath of the wild now because there's grass in it but uh it Sonic Frontiers really is kind of like Breath of the Wild in terms of uh, uh, map and scope and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, if you want if you want something completely different from from uh, Reb and and uh, Kat and Tom suggestion, uh, just give Sonic Frontiers a whirl. It's it's silly and fun. Yeah, I actually thought of one other, and I'm not I'm not like one thousand percent confident recommending this because I haven't played it in full, but I did play a demo. Uh, any of you ever played Tachia or Chia? I haven't. Tachia? I haven't yet. I was looking forward to that one. That looked like a very cool little indie. Yeah, I played a demo of it. I think at Gamescom last year, and it's it's about this this young girl. I believe like her family has been taken from her or something, and she is she is trying to to get them back. I think is what's going on. Uh, oh, there we go. We got gameplay. That's very fast, Red. Oh, uh, that's Link's paraglider. <laughs> yeah, it's it's got kind of some of the same mechanics. I think the the main thing that distinguishes it is that she has this ability where she can like transfer her spirit into things which can be like animals or inanimate objects so you can become a deer and bound around or a fish through the river or you can become a soda can and do like a little bit of prop hunt kind of stuff uh so it's <laughs> the, the, yeah it's it's kind of this like mix of, of of prop hunt but then also being able to turn into animals and then there's a boat uh yeah it was it was really nice i only played like a limited amount of it but i i got some of those kinds of vibes from it and i really enjoyed it and i i have no idea how long it is uh is it is it out now tom uh, i think it's out on some platforms okay yeah oh, sorry, sorry i'm like low info on this it just came to mind and i figured i'd mention it but yeah i i assume it's shorter than breath of the wild and tears of the kingdom probably it, i think it is currently available on playstation okay well that's not a switch uh but if you got one of those <laughs> see look you can be a tire <laughs> that's adorable you're a turtle uh, one more question before we get out of here, and I think this one might be a good Tom question. I like pulling the review-related questions when Tom's here. Uh, from Blar Lucian Curitan, have you ever had a big game coming up and someone reviewing it wanted to blab about it to you in the office? <laughs> I mean, it's going to be for anybody, but... I mean, I think I've probably been this person. <laughs> Didn't they have to build a wall of boxes in the IGN office when Breath of the Wild was being reviewed? Yeah, I think I told... Um, I, I didn't know this story because I wasn't here, but I think I, I told part of the story. story a couple of weeks ago. I wasn't at IGN when Breath of the Wild was being reviewed. I do know that... I can't remember what game it was, but I do remember walking by Brendan Graber's desk when he was reviewing something and everyone was super worried about spoilers. There might have been like a God... It might have been God of War. Um... <laughs> And he literally had giant cardboard. He had built like a box fort around his desk. Yeah, so I think that, he did that. So didn't, that did he review Breath of the Wild for us? He didn't review it. Jose Otero reviewed Breath of the Wild. Right. And and I wasn't at IGN either when Breath of the Wild was reviewed. But uh, I would imagine something similar happened where people just did yeah. spoilers. See, that's what but I there heard. Was, there was a mix in the IGN office, you know, when we were there regularly uh, of big games, either people avoiding spoilers and people reviewing them in other rooms or at home or whatever. And then there was also times where we had a, you know, a TV and a couch in the center of the office. And when somebody was reviewing something that people were really excited about and was less spoiler sort of prone or whatever the case might've been, they'd play it in the office on that couch and there would be a crowd of people around them watching <laughs> them play as they did. Right. So it was, it was definitely a mix. Uh, and I think people were pretty good about, you know, being conscious of spoilers when they needed to. I think yeah. a little bit of inside baseball, whenever a huge review comes out, everybody 
is kind of teaming up to come up with guides angles and talk about potential news breakouts and features and such. So in some ways, you have to just accept that maybe you're going to get spoiled a little bit. And the, the other thing is, I think we also like video games around here. And I think yeah. especially when a huge game is coming out, there's a natural sense of curiosity. And so you can't help going to the reviewer and being, being like, so, oh. is it good? Do you like it? And, you know, you'll end right. up having like kind of initial conversations and everything. And we'll try to avoid spoilers yeah. and that kind of thing. But um, I, I had a similar experience to what you were talking about, Tom, of playing. I, I was reviewing Skyward Sword for Game Pro and having everybody gathered around me while I was fighting a, a boss. And that was a that was a fun experience, actually. Like yeah. people are just kind of curious going, well, what's going on? I want to see this thing in action. So yeah. Tears of the Kingdom will be a fun test of how we all deal with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is because yeah, define because oh. define a spoiler in a Zel- in Breath of the Wild, right? Is telling someone about Eventide Island before they found yeah. it a spoiler, right? Is is uh, kind of yeah, sort of yeah. I mean, definitely yeah yeah. Well, we unfortunately have to wrap up there. That's that's it for this week's MVC. Uh, before we go, I have a few favors to ask. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, leave us a like and a nice comment, including the words nice comment, which I love. Uh, if you're listening to us on a podcast app, please leave us a review. It helps spread the good NBC word and we'll be forever in your debt. Thank you so much, Kat, Tom, Jeffrey, for joining me this week. And remember, NBC is the only place where you can... Get the thing. Get the thing. Get the thing. Thanks. You are not alone. Link. You are our final hope. Link. You must find me. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.